morning, everyone. How are you today? Hope you're having a good morning. Hope you had a good breakfast and you're all ready to start your day um, the Wheaties way. If you don't eat Wheaties, but anyway. Um, this morning, I'd like to talk about something that's really dear to me, um, and that is evangelism. It's a big word, um, but evangelism, according to the dictionary of all things, is the spreading of the Christian gospel or a personal witness. It's good that the uh, dictionary has that in there. Nowadays, you probably have modern dictionaries and they've taken that out because they want nothing to do with that. But anyway, that's what it is. It's spreading the gospel, sharing what God has done in your life. What kind of evangelism is there? <clears throat> well, there's many kinds of evangelism. Um, there's the evangelist. He's the one that we used to see on TV, like the Billy Graham thing, who traveled the world, <clears throat> preaching to thousands of people, giving the gospel, and thousands come forward and receive Jesus as their Savior. I mean, evangelist is, um, has a lot of responsibility, preaching God's word to uh, different countries, different people. And uh, as they come forward, he doesn't have really that personal contact with, with people that have come forward. That's the responsibility of the churches in the area that are down in front, probably meeting people and leading them to the Lord, praying with them, uh, maybe giving them Bibles or whatever they're giving them. And it's their responsibility now to minister to these ones, get them into a good Bible-believing church, help them uh, grow in their new faith, disciple them so they can be men and women and children of God that God can use in the, in the, in the future. And um, like I say, the evangelist will go to another city, and God will use him, or him there and to preach the word of God. So <clears throat> evangelists, <clears throat> we don't hear as much about nowadays. Um, of course, I don't think they're on TV except for those ones that aren't exactly uh, Christian who spread their false teachings and all that stuff. And people get sucked into them. You know, you see some of them on TV and there's thousands and thousands of people in the stands listening to the stuff that these people present, which is so far from God, it isn't funny. And unfortunately, even a lot of Christians get sucked into that. A lot of new Christians do, because it's new and exciting, but it's not spiritual. It's only a spiritual death. So that's why it's so important that these new Christians get discipled very quickly and get involved in a church. They can be discipled and grow in the new faith and serve God, be baptized, go in, be members of a church. And that's what they need to be. That's what they need to do. And it's the church's responsibility to do that for them. Because we know that the cults are out there, and they'll do whatever they can to get people in. But we have to be strong in the power of the might of God to help these ones get newly saved. I know when I was newly saved, uh, me and my brother Murray, I mention my brother Murray a lot when I'm talking about what happened in our past, because me and my brother got saved pretty well at the same time. And... Uh, we had a very godly pastor at the time in, in Windsor. And he got us working in the church. He got us doing all of these things because we were lazy. We were lazy, long-haired drunks. We could care less about anything at one time. But when we got saved, all that disappeared. You know, it all, everything was new. It was brand new. And um, he got us involved. He, he got us to get working. He got us, uh, 
involved in ministry of some kind. We went to visitation. We went to hospitals and people's homes. And he would just say, okay, here's what I want you to read. Here's what I want you to pray. And this is what we're going to sing together. And he would give us that opportunity and do it. That's how we grow. That's how pastors should be involved in people's lives. And speaking of pastors, that's the next part of evangelism is the pastor. It's the pastor of the church. Our pastor, we have uh, um, altar calls every Sunday, practically every Sunday, to see you know, if someone in our church is not saved and needs to get their heart right with God, and they need to go forward. And uh, we have a pastor who can be with them personally, because they're right there. It's not, maybe it could be five, six, seven, eight, whatever it might be. And then we have the deacons. There are other pastors who will come and encourage them and show them from the Word of God what they need to do. Um, so the pastor's job is very important in the local church. These men that God brought up and raised, you know, when they were little and they got involved in church and um, they become teenagers, get involved in that ministry, and then God calls them off to Bible college to be pastors. So pray for our pastors. They need our prayers. These are, these are just men. They're not, you know, they don't have superpowers or anything. These are men that God has chosen and they uh, need to be encouraged by the church family, praying for them, telling them how much uh, you love them, um, sending notes, all these kind of things to encourage and to build them up so they can be the men of God that God wants them to be. So <clears throat> pastors are another one. Another part of evangelism, of course, is missionaries. Missionaries are called out by God from, from churches. It could be a whole family or it could be a single person to go to a far-off land, um, to reach people that <clears throat> the church may not be able to reach, except through prayer. But these men and women will go and serve God, some in dangerous areas, but they're all there to evangelize. They're all there to share the gospel. And we have a globe over here. <clears throat> I don't know if you can see the globe, but there's a globe over here, and all the countries of the world are on it. And almost every one of them has been reached. I'm not sure if all of them have, but most of them have been reached with the gospel. So once you reach people there, <clears throat> you build churches, then someone from that country or congregation will be trained to be that pastor and to be able to share the gospel with his own people. And maybe those missionaries might go somewhere else and do the same thing over and over again. Being a missionary in another country <clears throat> is very powerful. And we've seen so many from our own church um, go off. We, we uh, provide for many other missionaries that we support that are serving in some countries. You know? So it's, it's very important that we pray for our missionaries and encourage them because they have a hard job in some of the countries they go to. They face ter uh, turmoil. They face death, possibly, whatever it may be. But we have to pray for our missionaries because they're evangelizing the world. They were sent. Not that they're super either, but they were people that God placed in their heart a country to go to. And we as a church provide for that. So pray for our missionaries. Encourage them. Um, some of them might even be lonely. We don't know. You know, it's hard being away from home for so long. You know, especially now with this pandemic and everything. So pray for our missionaries. Um, encourage them. Um, they love to, to hear from the church family. And the next ones, <clears throat> the next ones that are evangelists are us, people that are here at home, 
people that work in jobs, people that meet people all the time. We are called to be evangelists too. We are to share our faith with those around us. We have to pray for other people. Pray that God will bring someone into your life to share with. You know, I'm a firm believer in when you do your job, you do your job the best that you can. You be kind, you be loving to those you work with, because those are opportunities. And people say, why, why do you do that? Because the love of God constrains me to do that. And Jesus changed my life. He can change your life too. He can forgive you of your sin. You can have a place in heaven one day. And that's what he wants us to do. Um, there's different kinds of evangelism we can have. We, we have just personal, one-on-one, -on -one, we can share with people. I know when I was in Bible college, we used to have a class called personal evangelism, where students would sit side by side, and they would, one would be the unsaved, the other would be the saved, and then that one would try to lead that one to the Lord, just so you can get experience of how to share your faith. I mean, it's, maybe it's harder when you get out there, but you, you have the, the, the tools to do that. You have the opportunity to share your faith, your, your um, testimony. I remember when I was first saved, a pastor used to say to me, when you're newly saved, it was all about you. How God did this in your life, and you were this, and you were that. But as you grow and mature, it goes from what you've done, what God has done, what God is doing in your life, you know. <clears throat> That's how growing is. Um, some people are track people. Some like to give out gospel tracts. Um, that's the way they do it. My brother Murray was like that. My brother Murray was a track nut. Everywhere he went, he'd be giving out gospel tracts. He'd go to a, a restaurant, he'd leave a good tip, and he'd leave a track. Go to the doctor's office, he'd leave a track. He'd go to the bank, give the teller a track. And him, that was exciting because he was handing them the gospel. Now, when it comes to ministering to people on the street or homeless, that might be a little different story. You, you can give them a track, but they may have a, a physical need. Uh, they might be hungry. Maybe they haven't eaten. Then we, we say, well, let's go. I will, I will feed you. I will go and take you to a restaurant, and I'll give you something to eat. And then as you're talking to them, give them a track. Say, here, read this. It may help you. Um, or have Tim cards in your wallet. And you go out and you see someone... Give them a Tim card with a track. They say, you know, God loves you. And you could either share with them right there or whatever the case may be. So giving out tracks is good, but I prefer anyway talking. So that's just me. Sometimes I don't stop talking. Ask my wife that because I just blah, blah, blah. But anyway, so that's different forms of evangelism. I'm sure there's probably some I've missed. Um, you know, Going, working at a Christian camp, another part of evangelism, me and Sarah did that for a few years, cooking at camp, we met with young people, and we were able to share and talk to young people, and then eventually we became youth leaders, um, that was really cool. So there's so many different ways, but the thing is, <clears throat> we have to have that desire in our heart to want to do it. We must want to go out and share our faith with people. You know, there's nothing worse and I've seen this before, nothing worse than a Christian who calls himself a Christian and then will go and do the opposite of what he believes. That's horrible. The people look at that and say, well, if you're a Christian, why do you do that? Because a lot of them haven't grown in their faith. A lot of them aren't in God's word. A lot of them aren't praying. A lot of them go through the motions. But if they're not active, if they're not doing something, they don't have a burden for the lost, 
then it doesn't make any sense. So we have to have that burden for people <clears throat> to be a <clears throat> evangelist. We have to know the Word of God to be an evangelist. Um, I don't know if I even read God's Word yet. I don't think I have. Anyway, um, Acts 1, verses 1 to 11. <clears throat> I just like to read that. Then I concentrate on verse 8. <clears throat> the former trustee have I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the <clears throat> apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. <clears throat> and he, being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, he hath heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. When they therefore were <clears throat> come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he saith unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. But ye, this is verse 8, <clears throat> but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. Right there we are called to be evangelists. That's what we are called to do. Go everywhere and preach the gospel. And when he had spoken these things, well, he beheld, he was taken up in a cloud, received out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward the heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why ye stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall come in like manner, as you have seen him go into heaven. When the rapture of the church happens, he's going to ascend, just like he went up, he's going to come down, and he's going to call his bride, and we're all going to meet him in the air, the dead in Christ first, and then we that are alive will meet him in the air and be with the Lord forever. And uh, <clears throat> that's an exciting thing to know. That's going to happen one day, maybe sooner than later. We don't know. Only God knows. But he wants, uh, what he wants us to do is to be faithful, to be a witness, to love each other, to encourage one another, to let people know that there is hope. And that hope is in Jesus Christ, not in ourselves. Um, a lot of religions fail because they don't have Jesus. They may believe that there was a Jesus, but they don't know him as Savior. They might be doing a lot of good works, but that don't mean anything without God, without Jesus. So let's uh, be those um, evangelists. Let's be those ones that will go out into this world and show the love of God to a dying world. And as we go to our jobs, we go to our family and friends that aren't saved, that they'll see that we believe in a mighty God that can do all things. So let's pray for our pastors. Pray for our, our Sunday school teachers. I almost forgot them. They too are, are evangelists. To the little ones that are coming up. Because those little ones are going to be the future of the church. And if you get them saved now and they start to grow, you start to know more and more about God and the things that he can do to, uh, for them. Um, so our teachers are also evangelists. I don't know why I forget that. My wife's one of the best teachers I know. 
So again, be encouraged. God's not done with us. He wants to do a great work. So let's just be faithful and encourage one another and love each other. And so let's um, commit all this to the Lord in prayer. And we just thank you, Father, for the great things you've done. Thank you, Lord, for um, evangelism and uh, what that call for us to do is go out and reach the lost. So give us all a good day. We thank you for your great power in our lives. Thank you for the joy that you give. And we can have the fruit of the Spirit as well. Love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, meekness, temperance. All these things. We pray that you just show us great things as we serve you. We just commit today to you. And we thank you in Jesus' name.